0: Hello and welcome to Patch. I'm your host Paul James, and today in this very special episode, I'm joined by Jay Parnas.
1: Very special because it's, I'm here.
0: Uh, yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. Um, it's, very, <laughs> it's very special because A. Jay is here, and B. We're talking about Pax Oz, something that we both went to. What is it now? About a week and a half ago. Uh,
1: not to date the episode, but yeah, it's been about. Um, past, and. A bit over
0: thoroughly enjoyed, and in this week's special episode, we're going to talk about all the different things that we saw, that we played, that we did, experienced at PAX Oz. Um, We're doing this thing a week and a half after this fact because our voices have only now just recovered from PAX POX and large amounts of alcohol that were consumed at various social events throughout, so bear with us.
1: We got hit by the plague.
0: Yeah, the PAX POX and all that sort of rubbish.
1: Yeah, it was rough.
0: Um, Rough time. so maybe before we jump into the games, we'll talk, uh, the things we played and what the show floor specifically, um, you rattled off a few things just before we started there that you kind of took a look at while you're down at PAX, like speed running and whatnot. Oh, Tell me mean, a well, bit about like,
1: it. I mean, in, in terms of PAX as a whole, um, it's a, it's a <sighs> interesting vibe, I guess it's, it's definitely changed over the years. Um, but yeah, definitely it was, it was really great to see the speed running community get um, quite, it looks like it's gotten quite big. I remember last year there was oftentimes there were, you know, free seats, go and sit down and watch someone like smash through a game really, really quick. I, I definitely used to, to you know, rest the old legs and pass a bit of time, but this year it was packed out every single time I went there and I, I, you know, blew past quite a few times each day. And it, it really seems to be picking up steam, which was really good. I, I actually went to a, uh, a panel that they had on the Friday, I think, um, which was quite cool. Um, I think you managed to catch some of a Zelda speedrun
0: as well? Yeah, there was a speedrun for Ocarina of Time, which I didn't see all of it. You saw the, the second half of it. Um,
1: yeah, by second half, it was you walked away and it was done another four minutes or something like that, or eight minutes later.
0: Yeah, and Something like wi- that. weirdly, the, when I walked away, they hadn't even uh, made their way through the Temple of Time yet, and then all of a sudden, they're finished. So... I, well,
1: I walked up, spoke to you for about 20 seconds, they were at basically the Fire Temple, and, oh no, maybe they were walking out of the Temple of Time, and then somehow got to Death Mountain, and then... It was kind of over, and in like, a, like another ten minutes, it was it was it was great to watch. Um, all of the speedrunning stuff actually was quite good to watch, um, and it was it was actually really good to see it kind of you know blow up like that. So same with the tabletop gaming. I mean, that's always really popular, but uh, it really looked like it was quite jam packed uh, all weekend, which it's really good to see that you know stuff stuff's getting played, so that's good.
0: So we've done a bunch of speed running related stuff. Uh, there were some other panels that we went to go see. Uh, you obviously saw one of them speci- uh, with me specifically, but was there anything else that you went to go see?
1: Other than the speedrunning panel, no. Um, I didn't really have a huge interest in any of the panels. It seemed like and I'm not trying to like shit on anything, but it just seemed like a lot of recycled content from years past and a lot of the same. Yeah, the okay. same.
0: The same people with the same message. No,
1: I'd, I'd agree with that. Yeah, it it did, just didn't really like, and I think a lot more of it is, is like less of a, I guess, AAA showing, meaning that a lot more of those panels are less big games showing us cool shit and more people, people trying talking to spread about their message. social issues or yeah. something, or you know, just that sort of stuff. And look, I have no issue with that. It's just that. You know, I've I've heard those messages before, and I have seen those panels before, and I've been there, and I've done that, and I'm more interested in the in the games. That's, I'm I'm there for the games.
0: Yeah, for sure. No, I completely agree with that. Um, despite the fact that there's some personal friends that were sitting on a few of those panels, so it's it's all okay. Yeah. Um. So there was one that we both went to, and it's kind of how we actually closed out Pax. Uh, yes good friend Jason Imms was hosting a panel, Game Hugs Live with Teddy Deef, who was responsible for uh, creating, I guess, again, it's near indeed to your heart, Hyper Light Drifter. Um, I
1: mean, yeah, I, I backed the shit out of that game and uh, I enjoyed I it. I suppose, thoroughly. yeah, actually we, we both backed it,
0: but uh, yeah, it was certainly I one. probably backed
1: you... it upon my recommendation. Yes,
0: it, it was at your, at your recommendation because I wasn't particularly familiar with it at the time. Um, yeah. But he's, yeah, worked there. He's helped build, a, what was the name of the kind of the hub that he'd created? Oh. Um, um. I guess the, the equivalent to the Melbourne kind of arcade. Glitch? Was it Glitch? Yeah, Glitch. Yeah, Glitch something, but it'll it'll come to us shortly, I'm sure. Um, but he was responsible for, for that. Um, he's... Yeah, Hyperlight Drifter he's now working at Square Enix Montreal, working on the, well, whatever it is they're working on. But like, they're responsible for the likes of Hitman Go and Lara Croft Go and several other games like that. So it was actually an interesting hour-long interview, awesome essentially. Um, yeah, it was. It was a really cool.
1: I, I I enjoyed it a lot. I would like to hear that dude speak probably a little bit more. To be honest with you, I'd like to see him maybe fronting his own panel if he decides to, to make the trip back down again just to you know chat about some game design and stuff because as you know that that stuff's kind of you know that's what made me tick yeah um it
0: was
1: glitch city city. Yeah. yeah i was i was on the right track um but yeah i i i don't think there's enough of that i don't think there's enough developers talking about game development and i think that there's probably a lot of people that would be interested in seeing that stuff and i don't know why there's not that which is a shame I think. I think the PAX could really benefit from that. So, no. Well, at least I, our PAX. I don't, I don't know what it's like uh, over the pond. But. Well, it's, it's a lot
0: easier in the US to get big panellists, be it AAA people or indie, just because it's so much closer to home. It's so much easier for them to work true. with. So. That's true. That said, we do have a lot of local talent, and like, it's a good opportunity for them to get out there too, and it doesn't seem to be happening at the moment.
1: We actually did see some of that local talent popping up at the uh, PlayStation Paris Games. Uh, yes. pre I believe it was. The, the Gardens
0: Between was um, announced outside PS4, and was there, and so was stifled. And yeah, the, the Aussie indie team is starting to hit it off overseas. So it's been it's good. great to
1: see. That was that was that was a big surprise when I tuned in for that. That. Um, Stuff that I'd seen on the show floor at (laughs) at Axe Oz
0: literally two days earlier.
1: Yeah, it was it was cool to see.
0: Um, So maybe we'll jump into the games a little bit. Unless there's anything else that you want to discuss from your experience outside of.
1: Since we're talking about, you know, I'm sure I'm sure that stuff will probably come out pretty organically. But I think we had a lot of drink It was fun. Oh yeah, it was the drinking was good too. Drinking's always good. but look in t- in terms of in terms of the entities, I guess there was there was quite a few that were pretty enjoyable to play. I I thought. Um, did you want to start with anything that you came across? Because I've got a few that I, don't um,
0: I look. We've got a little list that we're looking at. There's a few that you're um, a particular fan of, so I'll leave them to you. Uh, but cool. there, there was Rumu, which is one of the games that we kind of play, well, that I played later on in the event. It was a point and click sort of adventure game. Um, so naturally, there's a few weird, abstract things that people don't think of when they're playing those sort of games, and Rumu certainly nails that. Um, si- uh, Simply simplistic little game. You you play as a uh, what do you call them? What do, what do you call sentient. those? sorts sort of sentient vacuum at the end of the day.
1: Um, one of the like uh Roomba type.
0: Yeah. Thus, I assume the name. Like, but uh, around, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, basically, the very, very loose narrative context that they gave in this case is that you're starting to cotton on to the fact that there's some sort of little conspiracy going on within the household, and you start investigating that. Um, and things kind of develop from there. They're not really telling us all that much. That's fine. Uh, those it seems games like it are...
1: took. A... Sorry.
0: Oh, I was just going to say, those games are typically uh, leaning on narrative quite a bit, so I don't blame them for not giving too much away at all.
1: Oh, for sure. It, it seemed like it took a pretty dark and almost uh, at some points, like, psychedelic um, look on things, which was pretty cool. Or, or you know, like, techno-esque.
0: Yeah, no, um, i agree with that, even with the use of colour.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was really cool. Um, I, I think that there's probably in this day and age, other than like, double fine games that get kick-started or um, or back, or, like, crowdfunded, uh, there's not really a lot of point-and-click games that you see these days, No, I, I really think there's there's definitely a market for it, especially with, you know, for lack of a better term, the whole walking simulator coming, back, like coming into vogue. I, I feel like that those story-driven experiences can definitely be enjoyed, especially if they are, like you said, very narrative-heavy. I think some of the old point-and-click games were more... Like, yes, they were narrative-heavy, but also they were extremely puzzle-heavy, and a lot of those puzzles were very... Um, Arbitrary. It's like, okay, you need to realise that I was thinking about this when I wanted to develop this puzzle, and not your own sort of line of thinking. Whereas I think with games like Gone Home coming into vogue, and obviously you know the like, I think more story-driven games like this, and you know Broken Age and so on and so forth, um, really have a good chance now of of kind of reigniting that flame. I think, and I think this is a good example of it.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, and Rumu is actually for PC anyway. Coming out late 2017, there's, they, they were hinting at the possibility of it coming to console, but that would take a little while, require a bit of work, just because of the nature of what the game is. Um, certainly, if it happens, Definitely don't want expect... want to keep an eye on that. Yeah, for sure. Certainly don't expect it to come till at least mid-2018, if it comes to consoles at all.
1: Mm. And I uh, guess that's probably part of that will be the reception. And so... Uh, again, keep an eye on it. Yeah. So,
0: Maybe I'll throw it to you for one of your games.
1: Uh, yeah, well, uh, one of the ones that I saw that I really enjoyed um, was one of the IndieK, uh winners, uh, which was Sky Noon. Um, I actually saw it while I was languishing in the Monster Hunter world line uh, up on, I think it was the Alienware screen. The big, it was a huge... Screen that was just broadcasting random stuff, and I think maybe some interviews and such. And um, it really, like its first impression, just even visually, is is really cool. It's, I guess this almost, it, it's definitely very much a Western, like cowboys type game, but it's it's kind of got this also like steampunk aesthetic. And the way that the game plays is that it's like your weapons don't deal damage, but it basically because you're on an island in the sky, effectively um your basic your objective is to kind of push people off the platform almost super smash brothers style um not with like yeah not not with like a damage percentage thing but literally just pushing them with air basically and you've got uh, yeah and so you've got like a grapple hook that you can use to like zip around place and try and bring yourself back on and also like a a cooldown ability that you can use to, uh, so that the developers were telling me that the cooldown abilities will always be able to help you get back on, if used appropriately in the like like timing and and you know with with skill you will always be able to get back on with them, um, again provided they're off cooldown. Um, whereas you know you can you can actually change out your gun and ability through little like weapon boxes think of like a mario kart style like a little question mark box uh one for the one for one for the primary weapon it's really fun i got my ass kicked because i was in line by myself and so i played against one of the developers but it was still it was so much fun i did not even realize that there was a car involved like it kind of like in um a fighting game almost um like, basically, I got, like, it timed out, and because I'd fallen off more times as a developer, I'd straight-up lost. I was just having so much of a blast, I didn't even realize that there was a timer. So, yeah, really, really cool game. I definitely recommend uh, checking that one out. Do we more
0: have than... a, Do we have an ETA on that one at
1: all? Uh, I, he may have said that. It's Obviously, it's been a little bit from that that's slipped my mind. Um, I'm not too sure, to be honest with you.
0: That's all right. We can work it out. Uh, certainly, if you yeah. want to see a little bit more about the game, and maybe actually, it's already, maybe that release date's already been covered because we've got an article, uh, an interview from the developers uh, that Stephen conducted just before yeah. PAX, and that's on the website for you to take a look at. So yep, maybe go and check time. that one out. While you're at it, maybe check out another game that was also from the showcase that we've also got an interview for up on the website, Projection, which was actually situated right next door. Um and it basically
1: melted your brain.
0: Melted my brain a little bit. <laughs> um, it takes takes a little while to get used to. Um, basically a light based puzzler where you've got to manipulate the light to create shadows. The shadows, if you have them arranged in the right way, essentially allow you to then jump on top of those shadows and make your way throughout the the world, completing little puzzles yeah, as you go. And yeah, creating
1: platforms by using. Like
0: light to create shadow,
1: yeah, like shadow direction, so like close to the light. So you, you basically control the playable character and the light source, so you can kind of put both where you need to. It kind of had like a um, almost like an Indonesian shadow puppet vibe to it. They, they
0: certainly spoke about how they drew on a range of different cultures um, yeah. to inform the art design. And it really, it really showed like you, like you said, you could see Indonesian, you could see elements of various other Asian and Indian sort of backgrounds. Mm. Um, from time to time, you could see some European influence. It was, it was really kind of, really kind of cool what they were doing there in terms of the visual yeah. style. And then yeah, it was a nice head scratcher as well in terms of what they were trying to get me to do and how, how do I get the light in the right way so I can get to this platform and then pull this lever so I can get back. And like, it was, yeah, it kept my brain going. It was good. Yeah, um,
1: it was uh, it was great to see the, the dev roasting you a little bit with um you kind of smashing your head against some of the puzzles. Well, was, um I think you figured
0: good. he uh, he's seeing a player two shirt, you can probably go after me a little bit because the article was already on the website so there's no taking it down by that it, point. That's true.
1: That's <laughs> true. Um no, that they, that they, they were good fun. They, they they yeah, it was it was a good time like the game was really good and uh and they they definitely showed it off. Um a lot better than some of the other games were showing off, that's for sure.
0: Yes, they were great to work with, and there's some others that I won't mention at all today who were really quite poor to work with. Yeah. Which was a shame. What?
1: Uh, Even if their game looked cool.
0: Jay, I'm going to throw it to you for two games here. Um, oh, yeah. Two that you were particularly keen on, and oh, I was too, but certainly you were... Oh, um,
1: I think I know which two you're talking about. Yeah, I'm
0: going to talk about Dusk and A Medieval.
1: yes. So these games were at the New Blood booth, which I found out after the fact are, I guess, a publishing group, kind of like a mini Devolver almost, I guess. They've got a few games coming out this year, but these two in particular, um, Dusk looks like, well, both of them really look like a almost like OpenGL 3D style first-person shooter of of old, like of real old.
0: They both struck me as both very... Very old school id sort of games.
1: Oh, for sure. Especially A Medieval. Medieval medieval is very much inspired by, nah, Heretic um, which is similar. I mean, I'm pretty sure Heretic might have ran on the Doom engine back in the day, but basically it's, yeah, it's basically an old style first person shooter except you're using like magic based weapons instead of the gunny shooty sort. Um, And it it was, it was great to watch. Like it, it definitely had that vibe of like, go collect a key, open a door, then more enemies will pour out and you got to try and you know, flick between all your different weapons with your different like manner instead of bullets. And it was like, there was one especially cool moment where the dude had like an ice mace that I'm pretty sure you remember where he just basically yeah. was shooting out icicles and like nails and enemies of the wall. It was, it was pretty awesome. And it just, just its look like it, it looks like one of those old games and it, handles like one of those games and it's just, like, it just looks shit hot. It's really cool. And then Dusk on the other hand, um, I've done a bit of research on it since. It does look like it does have a proper, like, story mode to it, but what they were showing off was basically just the like, waves of enemies and you, you basically roam around and kill them in this kind of smallish environment, I guess. Um, and yeah, again, that one was very much a first-person shooter of old, less, less um, I guess, fantasy, more just straight-up, like, shotguns and pistols and, like, almost a demonic vibe, like a demonic crossbow and exploding bolts and rockets and shit. It was, yeah, it was really frantic. It was really cool. It was, It's, it's the kind of first-person shooter you want to, like, give yourself RSI playing. Um, it, it reminded me a lot of like the kind of vibe in terms of gameplay that Devil Daggers from last year, this year, um, definitely
0: made I'll say, me feel. I'll say it was last year from when, yeah, you, from when you were talking to me about that.
1: Man, I'm getting old. Time's tough. Um, but yeah, basically it's like that kind of gameplay. Like If, you, if you've seen and heard that, uh, and I definitely talked up a storm when that game came out uh, about it. If you know of that game, basically think of what that game's trying to evoke, plus, you know, a little bit on the sides. And that should, like, for anyone that's into that, that should pretty much be enough for you to know, hey, you should go check that out. So that was a mid-Evil and Dusk, just so you can write that shit down and hit up Steam real quick.
0: Yeah, both games look really cool. Um, I have to say I was a little intimidated when I was watching uh, some people play, but I am not particularly confident or fluent with a mouse and keyboard. So I was, yeah, I was, I was a little rattled. Um, but the games themselves look really, really cool, and I'm hopeful that somewhere in the future I get a chance to play them properly.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, those those sorts of games, yeah, really, really cool. Um, even, uh, so I guess, Amid Evil kind of also reminded me a little bit of a game from a couple of years ago now, um, Ziggurat. Uh, more in the like combat gameplay, like the, the you know, circle strafing, first person shooting and the, the magical base weapons rather than the roguelike stuff. But that does lead me into another game that I initially saw and pulled you to uh, later on in the show, uh, City of Brass. Did you want to have a bit of a word on that? Because that was the time where we actually did get you playing in a mouse and keyboard setting.
0: Yeah, and man, did uh, did I struggle a bit. But um, at at the (laughs) same time... That game pulls no punches. It pulls no punches, that's for sure. At the same time, despite the fact that I was really, really struggling to play the game, I was enjoying every moment of it, and I was insisting to them that when the game comes to consoles, I'm sold. Um, And and to be fair,
1: when when, when you say struggle to play, it wasn't that the game controlled bad. No, it was I controlled
0: bad. (laughs) Yeah. and that's, again, just because I'm no good with a keyboard and mouse. I just, it's not a way that I play. So, as a result, when I get forced into this a situation like this, I just don't have the skill set required to actually succeed, I, I suppose.
1: But um, to be fair, like, from looking at the game, it really did not take a lot to convince you to get on board. No, no, so great visual
0: style. played really well. I didn't, Amazing. it played style. really well um it was doing some really really cool things and uh yeah it left me quite happy to fork out the cash when when the game finally releases to to touch on a a bit about what
1: the game actually is it's uh it's one of those you know roguelike roguelite style games where it's you know permadeath and all that sort of stuff run based game um and it's first person melee uh at least that's what I saw the most of it was definitely sword in one hand In the other hand there was a whip um, which was really cool uh, because they really went to lengths I found and I I did have a bit of a chat to the developers about it uh, in terms of making the whip have more than just your cliche use like just the you know stagger an enemy run up and hit it like there was there was so many uses to that whip like you could bring items from a distance grab gold from a distance you could trigger traps so that you could then run through them safely um, without having to stand on the death pit, like that type of stuff. Um, and you could also location-based targeting on enemies. So if you hit them in the head, you would stun them. If you hit them in the, in the legs, you would like knock them to the ground. And you can run up and wail on them while they're getting back up. Um, it was, yeah, I, I liked that a lot. I, I found that I think that they really went to, uh, to great lengths to make that play really well, to make it have a good distance on it. I, yeah I was a big fan of that game I, I walked away really really impressed and they said they've only been working on the game for about like 12 to 18 months or something and they're releasing early next year
0: yeah and then the, the they're turnaround, in early access now they're in early access now they're releasing early next year and then the turnaround from that early, uh, from release next year to to console which is all part, part of their plan was then only gonna be a few months. I'm wondering yeah. if they're not being a little bit ambitious in that particular space but I mean if they're not then that's real promising.
1: I mean, we were we were seeing the fruits of that. Like, you could see that there were um, from the start of the game there were portals on the side that were showing like ender, like later level stuff. So it it looks like they've really put some time in.
0: Yeah, and it seems to be paying off. I'm really happy with what what I got to play there. You're really happy with it. It seems like a really I, promising game going forward.
1: Yeah, again, for me, who was I, I'm a big fan of, um, like I said before, Ziggurat, and that and they actually mentioned that. You know they they do have plenty of inspiration, uh, and that was definitely one of them, um, which they they weren't necessarily forth. Oh, they said they wouldn't be forthcoming with, but since I brought it up, um, they they did mention that that was one that they did take a look at, um, and you you could see like it, it definitely had that same sort of fun element of like being in that first person view and like circle strafing people, which again that's that's you you want to be doing that in first person, and again the controls really lent itself to that. Um, so, yeah, I'd definitely check that one out.
0: Um, so maybe moving on from there, I'll talk about a game called Sinner, Sacrifice for Redemption, which uh, was a, I guess, maybe even the name kind of implies it with a lot of games kind of taking this sort of form of late, but uh, it's very Dark Souls, Bloodborne sort of-esque. Um, I mean, you'll be able to kind of talk to some of the more intricacies of it how it differs from those. But that was certainly my first impression when I saw it, um, and Sinner is uh, its more of a boss rush sort of mode. There's no levels in between. There's uh, seven bosses. You can choose where you want to begin. Um, you need to make a sacrifice to each of these bosses when you take them on. So that sacrifice might be you forfeiting some of your max health or your armor or some of your stats, whatever that, whatever that is, whatever that boss demands. You need to sacrifice that, and then... Um, and then you got to t- uh, then you take one from there hopefully you succeed and you move on these sacrifices that you make are cumulative so as you progress through the game you're working with less and less and less as you go and it's drawing more and more on your skill and i guess what you've learnt as you go to succeed further uh, it definitely
1: but- looked like they were getting into some real shit real quick though like those like the 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 fight that that was against was against a real big real strong enemy that really didn't look like it took a whole lot of damage. So they're, they're definitely looking like they're asking a lot of players.
0: Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I mean, someone who's not particularly great when it comes to Souls-like sort of games, not they've not really grabbed me all that in the past. I don't, I don't have a ton of patience for that as a general rule. Um, I still really thoroughly enjoyed it. And the game's coming out to PC, PS4, Xbox One in Q2 next year, and then they're expecting to get it to the Switch sometime after that. Um, Great to see some Switch support. Yeah, it's great to see some Switch support. Now, this is coming from uh, another indie, which uh, the actual title is Another Indie. Um, They're a game publisher based out of China who's actually working on a whole range of different projects. So there was one that I saw last year called Lost Castle, which Mm -hmm. uh, kind of 2D platformer, had that same sort of aesthetic, um, looked really, really cool. They had a game next to it called uh, Original Journey, which was also, again, quite dark and, um, I guess, kind of fitting, fitting in that kind of soul <laughs> sort of theme, really.
1: Um, quite dark and also happened to have Souls. So it was yeah. very dark and Souls. Weird. So,
0: like, this is a little, yeah. I mean, it's good to see, ignoring necessarily what the games are or the quality of them, um, it's good to see the Chinese market starting to... Oh, for sure. Kind of get on board. There's like, it's a massive audience, the potential audience that they've got over there. There's a massive number of people who would probably be itching to actually, you know, develop video games. And now the Chinese government are allowing a lot of that. You're starting to see some of the fruit come through. So, Sina has sure. me excited. I'm
1: pretty sure that I, um, I have mentioned it at, at some point on this, uh, whether it be here or in, in person, about uh, Icy that I'd played, uh, which yes. I'm pretty sure also comes from a Chinese developer
0: as well. Yeah, you have mentioned see so, in some of our patched episodes in the past.
1: Yeah, so yeah, I, I agree. It's, it's great to see that. Like, they've definitely got some chops, that's for sure. Like, they, they obviously would, you know, maybe tinkering with some stuff in the past. It's, it's good to see that stuff, like, hitting the outside or the external markets.
0: Uh, were there any other indies that you went to go see?
1: Uh, yeah, one that um, I actually had recommended to me, I uh, went to see uh, Dead Static Drive. Now, you you actually mentioned to me that uh, you'd seen it the previous year in a, a very very sort of early stage, but um, what they were showing was a kind of a one-room kind of example of what the game could be, um, and I, I had a, a pretty lengthy chat with the developers, um, or at least one of the developer who was... Um, you know, he engaged a lot about what what they were looking to do and basically they're they really looking to go for a really engrossing environment where it's basically more or less a functional town and you're engaging with it over successive days and more or less everything that you were doing and how you impact people could potentially change the game significantly, um, which was really, really cool. So, like, for example, you might, you know, get into some strife with someone which might result in how people view you as the game progresses. So, you know, you might save someone from a fight, which might mean that the people that you fight off might be angry with you later in the game, but the people you save might give you some free food or something like that, you know. Um, And there was some... It's a top-down-ish kind of game, kind of also almost isometric, I suppose. Yeah. Um, Had really nice car uh, physics to it. Um, really nice, slidey, like muscly car type where you can kind of just slam it into a corner and just slide around it, which is, that's, that's what I'm all about. I, I grew up on burnout. That's where I live. Um, so that, that was really nice and fun. Um, there was definitely some weird monster business going on as well, which obviously they you know, can't come forthcoming with the story on what's going on there, but, um, it, yeah, it looked really cool. There was, a really cool inventory system as well where you can kind of, and I know this may seem weird at first, but you can put stuff in suitcases. Now, again, doesn't seem super groundbreaking, but basically how you store stuff, there is like a limited amount of stuff in the world. So, for example, you might want to grab an assault rifle and some ammunition and a knife or something, and you put it into a suitcase so you can carry it all with you because you don't have that much inventory on your character and then you get into a car and you put that in the back of the car but then if you get into combat you kind of have to jump out of the car go to the back of the car open that up and then grab it before you can actually engage in combat so how and where you store stuff kind of becomes this puzzle in and of itself but obviously you want to make the most of the stuff that you come across because you know, you're going to need it. So it was yeah, it was it was really cool and, and intriguing to see where they're going with the with the development of it. Obviously nothing in terms of release dates or anything like that. It looks like they're still definitely in the development phase. But uh, it, was, it was really cool to see and, and really cool to have a chat about, you know, what stuff they're planning and, and, and they they really look like they're they're really going for it with that game. They're really looking to put in some miles on and engrossing... I think they're doing... It wasn't just a town. I believe it was kind of like a... What's the word for it? It's kind of like a like a region, kind of like the the Macedon Ranges, where we live, or, or like a. I can't think of the word.
0: Um, yeah, I'm sorry. The yeah, like a... Me, but... but I do follow what you mean. Like a,
1: like a region, or like a... Yeah, I can't think of the right word. Shire, yeah, like <laughs> sure, but the the what the American equivalent of it is, but I can't think of it. Um, but anyway, that they're going for like a like a set of towns. So if you cause some shit a couple of towns over, that potentially might you know follow you along. You noticed, yeah, like county. Yeah. County is the exact word. Yes, correct. Yes, correct. Nice. Thesaurus dot um, the yeah ahead. No, that, <laughs> that was that was really good. Um, the game, not your thesaurus ability. That was mediocre at best. Um, but thank you anyway. So, um, Was there anything else that you saw that you wanted to have a chat about as far as indies were concerned? Well, there's or? only
0: about two more indies that I'd want to talk about in particular. Um, Damsel, which is one that was recommended to me by a few different Player 2 and non-Player 2 people. Yep. Um, that's kind of an arc- a fast-paced arcade platformer um, that we messed it's around. Yeah, we-
1: a shooter as well.
0: Yeah, that we both kind of messed around with for a little bit there. Uh, Killing vampires, rescuing people. Um, It looked like it was very objective-based, or at least the mode that I played was. Yeah, certainly. Um, I think that was their arcade mode. Uh, They did say that there was kind of a...
1: Probably a story
0: mode as well. A story mode there as well. Um, But they'll reveal that more in time. Uh, The game, interestingly, was actually in the middle of a... A kickstarter, well actually at the back end of a kickstarter campaign while it was there um i think they shot themselves in the foot a little bit by saying that the game was borderline or like nearing completion when they were talking about the, uh, the kickstarter because i think that just means that no one really bought in saying well, the games are basically done so why do you need our help um the kickstarter was kind of designed to just give them a bit more time and a bit more funds to add some polish and and really make this thing kind of ship shape before it comes out sometime next year. But that said, I felt like for the most part, it was fairly polished. There were some little, um, little instances where precision kind of got the better of me. But or,
1: yeah, it, it did feel a little bit floaty. But um, other than but, that, it was it seemed to be fine. Like like just a little bit of. You know, like the movement, kind of, you're kind of overshooting platforms or something like that through no f- real fault of your own. It was just a little, like a little bit twitchy in that way. But other than that, it's, you know, it, it seemed to be fine. Yeah, um,
0: there's certainly some room for improvement still, but I really, really did enjoy what I played. So, mm, mm. And, and the developers, again, they were, they were great to work with and talk to. They were really, really Fantastic. supportive and yeah, trying to were... give us as much information as possible. And I yeah. thank them a, a great deal for that. So, Yes, for sure. So ma- make sure you go out and support. Um, and I guess probably the last one is uh, a follow-up to a game that tends to get a bit of airtime whenever you and Dame are around for recordings of Patched or Games Club or whatever. Um, party Crashes is the new game from the party golf team, Giant Margarita, yeah. and it's a racing game, kind of. Um, depending on the mode you play, it's just last man standing, and others it's racing like bit. They've, they've got a lot going on there. Um, banana definitely cars, the all-important the, uh, banana car.
1: Definitely using the Party Golf engine, it looks like.
0: Yes. Um, but using it in a whole new way. Did you get a chance to actually play the game, or did you... I did. What do you think?
1: Um, look, it's not... It's not Party Golf. <sighs> the, the driving... Didn't feel great. If I'm honest. Um, purely because it like it, it felt like the where you were turning, like the, the the axis was not.
0: Yeah, you described it as way- being kind of close to the center of the car versus. Yeah,
1: like if you would turn, like think of like a rectangle in your head, and if you would try to make a right turn the top of the rectangle turns right and the back of the rectangle goes left or, like, clockwise direction. Yeah, it's got that arc. Yeah, it pivots on the middle, like, the centre of the car instead of pivoting on the front or back of the car, depending on front or rear-wheel drive, which kind of didn't feel amazing or was, like, difficult to take turns. And for... Because, obviously, it, it, it follows the party golf model. So, in the same way that... Uh, with Party Golf, you can have weird-shaped golf balls. You can have all sorts of weird cars that you can drive.
0: Well, admittedly, that's, that's a, a choice that you make like, in terms of how you customise the game. But, Absolutely. but yes, it, it does that's still cause some extent. issues, though, depending on the size. For example, the size of the, the vehicle. Or, the taller the, or of the, the car is turning on a
1: central axis instead of a one that a real car would use uh, results in immediate flipping of that car yes. and their, their engine didn't support that super well uh, in there was some weird like driving on the side and then flipping back up onto the wheels and then as if it never happened kind of like that weird kind of magnetic thing that you see sometimes in video games where it like is weirdly attracted like the wheels are attracted to the road and it will overturn until they're back on the road that, that type of stuff and again like I said I, I come from like a, like I I used to play a lot of racing games back when arcade racing still existed um and so yeah look at i wouldn't play it for a racing game i would i would probably play it more for a party game but again i'd probably rather play party golf to be honest with you yeah fair
0: enough. Oh, party but then golf. also there
1: i did in the mode that i played there was no aftertouch so look let's be honest maybe that's where the real magic
0: lies well i was quite vocal with them the game needs more aftertouch and they said they were they they'd kind of loosely spoken about it but uh my insistence has certainly made them reconsider it a little bit so we'll see what happens um (laughs) they're they're a team based out of tasmania so and they were actually fantastic last year when they were looking to promote party golf at the time they were hanging out with us whilst we were drinking on the on the friday night really good fun to talk to there and great fun to uh, talk to again and work with at pax so
1: yeah, again, what I'm saying is nothing a slight against them or any of their work, um, but... It's just move, got some work. It's in development.
0: Move, yeah, move the rotation axis
1: uh, to the front or the back, and I'll be fine. I'll be yeah. happy.
0: It's only a little bit of polish, and... Absolutely, be, yeah. be right to go.
1: For sure. I mean, any game in, in the middle of development is likely going to have quirks like that.
0: Yeah, for sure. So that kind of wraps up the indie game side of it, and we'll keep the AAA... Portion shortish, just because. Well, there's lots said about many of these triple A's anyway. But Jay, Dragon Ball Fighter Z or Fighters, or was whatever. where I
1: spent a lot of my packs.
0: Um, yeah. So tell us a bit about it.
1: Oh, it's so fucking good, dude! Like it just like it feels so just like it just. Oh, mate, I just don't even have words. No, it's it. Look, it's just it's so Please much do. fun. We are on a it, podcast, it, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, fair enough. Um, it it plays really nice. It's super fast. It's super engaging. It's like it looks amazing. Like it's like it's stunning to look at. Even even those who are not into fighting games or even into Dragon Ball at all, um, you gotta admit it looks stunning, and it was just like. I just kept, like, I would I would finish a match and then go to the back of line and play it again. And the line was not all that long. It was very regular because the games were going through so quickly. It was just, for me, like, I, I had circumstances where I'd play three, four matches in a row because it's just so much fun. Like, there are a lot of fighting games. And look, to be honest with you, look, I'm playing in a setting where the likelihood is that a lot of the players there were not
0: you super know, proficient fighters? Super,
1: yeah, Exactly, yeah. And that may have been fun for me because, I like, for me, I didn't really have a grasp of what I was doing because I don't really play a lot of the, like, tag team fighters because it is a, a a team of three fighting game. Um, and, you know, I didn't really know any of the move lists or anything like that. They didn't really... There, there was not a lot of that they showed off. There was, like, a little, like piece of paper that kind of had a couple of the characters like a couple of a couple of the characters moves so it wasn't really super extensive um, and kind of if, again if you're playing against people who don't really know what you what they're doing and same with yourself chances are it's going to devolve into bud mashing which means you're not really going to have a lot of time to be practicing your quarter circles and stuff like that but all of that aside it was Like it has a lot of fan service in it, it looks amazing, it plays amazing, and I'm super excited for that game when it comes out next year. And yeah, it was probably my like my game of the show just because it was just so much fun and just constant fun. Like it didn't matter whether it was like the first game I went to on Friday or like one of the last games I played on the Sunday, I had as much fun. I, even when I was playing against the computer trying to just nut some stuff out for myself just it was just so much fun. So super hyped for that game next year.
0: I mean, I'm not a great fighting guy, uh, fighting game person, but I mean, maybe the maybe the IP it's based on's kind of got my uh, If you're
1: even mar- if you're even marginally interested, like let's let's make it happen. Like, yeah, we'll, we'll make it happen and I'll just have to learn. Oh, it's just it's really good. Don't worry, I'll teach you how to throw fireballs. It's fine. That, it's. I yeah. mean, well, in, in Dragon Ball, they've got a button for it, but that's not the point. The point is, fuck this game's really cool. And you know what? Like there was there was plenty of other fighting games represented. There was Injustice was there. Marvel vs. Capcom. In, Marvel versus Capcom Infinite was there. There was all sorts of you know, Street Fighter V that was there. And look, I I like me some fighting games, but. Man, I couldn't give a fuck about any of that other stuff. Like, it was all Dragon Ball fighters for me.
0: No, that's fair enough. Um, yeah, so that's out in January, so it's not too far away.
1: Yeah, it is. I'm so hyped for it. It's the best.
0: Look, I'm super hyped. So hi- I mean, really briefly, I'm super, super hyped on just the franchise at the moment because I've been keeping up with Dragon Ball Super, and I watched a new episode this morning. Um, uh, it's the most recently dubbed one. Um, and that just made me fall in love with the franchise all over again. Uh, it was kind of, to me, the right up there with the old Goku first transformation thing, and in, that just kind of upped my interest significantly in the game. Just because, sort of, just the, the heart kind of beating quite hard throughout. And well, they, re- they do really have, have uh,
1: they do have Super Saiyan God, Super Saiyan Goku, and Vegeta is coming. Uh, uh, it was, it was uh, just—it
0: was just a moment, in the episode that just evoked a lot of those same feelings, and I was—I I felt like the.
1: I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to twist the knobs to, you know, put a little uh, more pressure on the vice just to clinch you in. I, I felt like the, 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 tenu-
0: year, the ten-year-old kid watching the show again um, <laughs> when I saw it this morning, and oh, look, I, I think chances are I'll probably end up buying the game, and how much time I put in remains to be seen. But I'll certainly mess around with at least like, a little
1: bit. The most important takeaway for me. Um, and, and this is a very important takeaway is that I don't know how they're doing it but obviously with a great deal of skill, they are making characters in Dragon Ball that are usually either the butt of jokes or just not interesting in general or have generally been bad to play in all other Dragon Ball games, fun and cool. Like they've got Tien and Yamcha are on the way and they look crazy fun to play. Like, who would ever pick Yamcha and be like, this dude no looks one. like fun? No one. You're like, I'm going to get one punch and die. But again, he looks like a crazy fun rushdown character. Nappa, who got the, he, he got his shit pushed in very, very quickly in the series, and that was it. He looks fun to play. Android 16, who like was barely in the series himself, is awesome. a really... He was a cool character, but like he's never been fun to play in, it, or, or at least interesting to play in, any other game. He has this really fun, like brawly grappler character who's got some really cool shit. He actually has his like one of his supers is literally he grabs them and he actually uses the bomb technique that oh like, you the know, one it's inside his body ball. yeah okay that's right and it, like it's like pre bomber taking it out or whatever and so you can actually you'll kill the other person, no matter how much health they've got, and it will take you all the way down to one health, but all of the health that's left over is, you can, so when you switch out a character in one of these sorts of games, you'll regenerate, like, blue health, so, like, your health bar will go down when you take a hit, but there's also a secondary health bar behind it that if you swap out, it will regen up to that point, so for him, his entire health bar is blue, so if you just leave him in the wings, he can basically regenerate all of that health. Good. So it's it's this crazy yeah. And again, like it's it's a it's a move that you have to be right next to someone and grab them with. So you know, if they see it coming, you're not gonna get it it's not gonna happen for you. But it's just this really cool, like there's so much interesting like fan service in that game. Like one of Freeze's moves, he throws the two like pinky purple destructor discs and they go off screen and then they come back on screen and if you stand still, they will hit Freezer and take damage. So if you are playing as Freezer, you throw them at your opponent and they might hit them and then they'll come back and if you don't get out of the way, they will deal damage to you very much like how they did in the show. Like just just cool little things like that. It's just they're doing such a great job with it. Like it's so interesting and amazing. No and it's so much fun to play. Like I just super hype, man. Super hype.
0: It's gonna be good fun. Absolutely. Um, so I've got about four AAA games here that I was going to talk about, but I think I might kind of wrap three of them up in one little bow because I've already spoken about them in a bit of detail in the Player 2 podcast, which you can check out via the site. Um, Detroit Become Human, which was the uh, negotiator demo that's been kind of floating around at a range of different events. Loved it. I got the perfect outcome. Saved the kid. Um, Saved myself. Was
1: Was that the... Was that the one
0: that was shown at Paris? No, no. So that's that that's game? different to the... No, this was the much no. older demo. Um, right. I don't know that they'll be letting uh, a scene that involves domestic violence be played at a at a gaming convention. Whereas a hostage situation one's a little bit easier for them to justify. Um, sure. But the game's shaping up really well. I'm I'm really quite happy some of the skepticism that I did have or just pause for concern that I did have is quickly evaporating. Uh, Monster Hunter World might be the first Monster Hunter game I play because I really enjoyed the demo I, I got to play there, so thank you to Capcom for that. And I so-
1: found the demo a little a little tough to for people who have never had any like action with Monster Hunter before. It didn't really direct you to whether to go forward or not, so I for me, it's more of a faith purchase. If I want it, to... like it definitely looks like they're aiming towards including a lot more people, but it's like it definitely hope that there is more tutorial in the actual game that there was in that demo. That's all I'll say.
0: Yeah, fair enough. There's there's still room for improvement, but the game's looking pretty good, and it's not too far away. And it was recently oh, announced look, that Aloy from and Zero and it... Dawn is going to feature in the PS4 version of the game.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was that was pretty cool. Capcom so... knows how to do a good crossover. They, exactly. They make it happen. They make That's it happen. That's their well. bread and butter, actually.
0: Um, and then one game True. that you and I, before I jump onto the the one that I'll talk to in a little bit more detail, uh, Sea of Thieves is one that both of us have been tracking quite closely, and I got to experience on Hollywood side while I was there. So jealous. Um, I did have to wait two hours to actually play the game. Um,
1: but... Yeah, that bit I'm not jealous. That was the reason why I didn't
0: play it. It was really, really enjoyable, and it, they just opened up the seas to us, myself, Angelica, and two others. Um, we just took to the seas and sailed out there, and kind of whatever happened, happened, and I mean, we had our boat sunk, someone just... As a
1: pirate life should be.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, well, certainly something that I kind of put out straight away on social media after after I played it is that I'd gone into Sea of Thieves, and I can re- uh, rest assured say that a pirate's life is for me, so... Um, <laughs> uh, look, hey, I, I was out there. Drinker, so someone, someone rammed our ship, sunk it, um, but not without me having put popped a few holes in their ship and sunk them as well. Uh, look, very simple mechanics in some in some ways, but working as a team is going to be key. We we're a team of four on our on our ship there. Um, and while some people, are, like one person, was uh, taking the the wheel, um, someone else was in a, in another room looking at the map and being and kind of calling out directions to who, whoever was behind the wheel. Um, you know, I'm running around thr- uh, lifting, uh, raising, and lowering the, anchor and the sails and all that sort of stuff to get us going. In the meantime, Angelica's running around loading up the, uh, the cannons with cannonballs, um, so that when I did find myself in that. Unfortunate situation where I was on the boat completely on my own um, and being stared uh, staring down the barrel of a ship coming my way, full of a team of four. Uh, I was ready to fire away and sink them. Um, so there's a lot kind of going on in any given moment, and it's really cool how it's coming together. I'm I'm really bullish about how this game's kind of playing playing out at the moment. Um, I'd love to know if there's a little bit more of a campaign or story sort of aspect to it, but to this point in time, direction. yeah, uh, maybe maybe what we played is kind of a standalone, open world sort of, just go for it, have fun thing, but I'd, I'd love for there to be a campaign as well. Um, we'll see what happens in that space though. See if these from, is looking awesome.
1: From what I, from the vibe that I was getting, um, a lot of people came away from that saying that it was amazing fun, but they were, all, like, they were also scared that quick matchmaking online might be the end of that game. <laughs> like, it might not be super good for that game. But to that, I would basically say that, like, it works in a lot of other multiplayer games as well. I mean, you've got, you know, your team first-person shooters, and then you've got your games like Overwatch, which are team collaborative games. I think it'll probably do quite well. Yeah, I think if you're um, worried about
0: it, find yourself a good community to be involved with. The player two community will always be there, um, and there's a bunch of other communities. That find yourself in and, one that's keen on Sea of Thieves and kind and of team up with
1: them. He's hoping they do something along the lines of a lot of the first-person shooters out there, like you know Titanfall and stuff like that, where they've basically just got big groups that you can join, big clans. Yeah. So that if you if you want people that aren't gonna like sink your own ship for laughs. You know the the type of people that would come into your Minecraft level and burn everything to the ground and then leave for lulls.
0: To be I'd... fair, I'd be one of those people because Minecraft is filth.
1: <laughs> Say what you like about the game, you know the sort of people I'm talking about, and that they are the sort of people that are that that will fuck everything over, and, and I they think... they would be poison to a game like this. Yeah, and I think if you're scared of that, I would probably direct your attention to games like Overwatch and you know, World of Warcraft and, and things like that where you do have large online multiplayer communities that you can kind of just jump in and go.
0: Yeah, for sure. So I wouldn't um, be too concerned. So the last game that I'll talk to is Nino Cooney 2, a game that is also coming early next year. I believe it's the 19th or thereabouts, January. Um, yeah, they and... couldn't put that game out 20
1: days earlier for my draft, for fuck's sake. Yeah, bad luck.
0: Um, you've lost
1: anyway. It's, it's caught cool. You're cooked. Yeah. Yeah, massively. Um,
0: so there was After four Mario and Zelda. Yeah, there was there was four different demos that were available. Um, and were yeah, they actually different? Yeah, they were all four different. Like they were all available through each. Like it wasn't one demo per per system. Um, oh, okay. Like you, you could choose between the four different right. demos the when okay. when you started up. Um, I made sure to pick one that kind of gave me an opportunity to wander around through the open world uh, through the world and have a bit of a look around and kind of just do things at my own pace Um, versus some of the other modes which are he's a boss try and deal with it he's they kind of scaled in difficulty I I picked thought like there was one through four one being the easiest four being the hardest I picked the second one Um, not because of the difficulty thing but because that just that allowed me the opportunity to get around and Poke around and learn stuff about the world. Try out the, um, the the lack of familiars and see how I adjusted to that. That was a real big concern of mine when it came to Nino Cooney, 2. The first one uh, had the Pokemon-like familiar system, um, and I adored that and the little creatures they created, and uh, it was it was just amazing. And I was really concerned when they when they got rid of them for this game. I think in favour of Higglies. Whatever they call them, they're the little Hidden like higgly things. Yeah. Um, but in in and whilst yeah, it relies on the player now engaging in combat more. like you the actual player engaging in combat? Yeah. Um, those higglies that are kind of scattered around the battlefield, they're kind of charging up and boosting themselves, and then you've just got to run in like when they're when they're powered up, you run into their space, um, engage like kind of activate this. I don't. know, Pent up power that they've been kind of storing for the last minute or so, and unleash it on the uh, on the enemy. And you kind of pick and choose whichever ones you need. They all have different abilities. So some might heal you. Some might actually attack the enemy. The some kind might like cast, a mini summon. Yeah, yeah. Some might cast buffs and those sort of things. And it's just a matter of picking and choosing what's appropriate for that moment in combat. Um, and that's that's a layer on top of the skills that you, the player, already have at your disposal. So. It, it's it's kind of cool. Um, it worked pretty well. It gelled pretty well. It took a little while to get used to. Um, it's certainly in my mind not as good as the familiars, but I do have that love of them as well as kind of the Pokemon formula. So it's probably me just sulking up a little bit, I guess. Um, but then they would have grown
1: grown on you over the length of a game. There's no reason that this couldn't either.
0: Well, yeah, no, no. Um, so I'm still real. I still really enjoyed what I was playing. I think it's more. If you put a gun to my head and asked me to choose, I'd pick the Nino Kuni one approach. At this point in time.
1: Yeah, um, again, you, you only saw a very small snapshot. For all you know, it might there might be more crossover later in the game or, or whatever what have you. Yeah, for sure. There's definitely a lot more I, I feel like when they put more control in the players' hands than that, I really feel like there's a lot more options that they've got.
0: So Yeah. I, I, I mean I, at the end of the day I, I loved the uh the storytelling approach of the first one. I love the characters, the mechanics, the the world. Obviously it's a Studio Ghibli Yeah, awesome. the the Studio Ghibli style approach. The first one was actually co developed with Studio Ghibli. Yes. This one isn't, but um but they've clearly studied their you approach. Could, you could fool anyone. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. You wouldn't really know because they've, I guess they worked with them so long on the first that they've kind of dragged and dropped and applied to the world of Nino Kuni 2. Um, um, they're, they're doing some fantastic stuff, and I'm really keen to see what the final product looks like. Uh, it's not like I need another JRPG in my life, but I'll, I'll play this one still.
1: Who are you kidding? Yes, you do.
0: Yeah, cool. but you, you add that to the, the pile that I've already got sitting in the living room. Right now, and, sure. You don't need it right now. And but, Xenoblade uh, is out in a few weeks. Yeah, Nino, Nino Kuni 2 is going to be awesome, and I need that in my life. But I, uh, Have you touched Persona yet? Nope. Cool. <laughs> uh, Persona, Ni, Tales of Berseria. There's three just to start off. Well, I'm about halfway through the final Fan- uh 3 quarters of the way through the final fantasy 12 remaster final fantasy 9 got released digitally and of course that's my favorite game of all time so I'm playing that. I just I can't keep up with all the JRPGs at the moment which is not something I ever thought I'd say again after last generation.
1: Yeah. yeah. Or so, even I guess
0: maybe every generation
1: again. before
0: that kind of. Yeah, the PS2 was okay. Um not fantastic it certainly wasn't the ps1 or super nintendo eras
1: early in its life sure but i think as it went on
0: yeah as they, uh they third person anything. action games open yeah. worlds as all those things started becoming a bit more prominent even first person shooters the jrpg kind of faded a bit and now it's surging a little bit again and i'm really happy about that nino kuni 2 is chief among those leading the charge so i'm really happy um yeah
1: all, all in all it was a pretty good pack. Uh, yeah just for me, I, I to, to kind of wrap up for for myself. I had a very laid-back packs. So I really didn't push myself to like see or do a huge amount of stuff, um, which kind of fit it for me because I, you know, I, I didn't. I chose not to stand in any lines that I felt were going to be longer than 10, 15 minutes because I kind of just wanted to play stuff rather than hanging around. Uh, I did make that exception for Monster Hunter because it was recommended. Um, pretty highly, yeah. Um, but yeah, certainly wasn't going to wait two hours to see a thieves. I'm I'm happy to wait till next year for that. But um, yeah, it was it was it was a really cool packs because it was. I mean, I, I would prefer there to be more of a triple A presence than there has been the last couple of years.
0: It's just the weird yeah, like, timing of the
1: event. I don't know. Like I, there, there was no. I don't feel like there was a whole lot of Activision there. The EA was not there at all. Um, there wasn't much, if any, two K. Like, I just was there. A, did they have any Bethesda there? I don't think so.
0: No, but, I, don't, I don't recall Bethesda being there.
1: It's just like a lot of these big companies just uh, just choosing not to make the the flight over, which is a real shame. Because I mean, look, even if they're showing games that are out, like there's not a guarantee that everyone's going to pick them up day one. But you put them out there, and you might be getting people buying it. It's a bit of a shame. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, like, to put that in perspective, Mario Odyssey came out the day before PAX. The line to play Mario Odyssey, all day, every day, stretched a, around the corner. Yeah, it was like, enormous. It was, it was three people thick. Like It went up, and then turned around, and then went down again, the same length of the line, and then back around again. Like, three people deep. Crazy.
0: Yeah, it was it was good to see. Nintendo's looking pretty good at the
1: moment. Oh, sure, they're 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 killing it. Like they are, they're having a great time. But I mean, again, that game was already out. I'm just saying that it would be really nice that even if your game's out now or next month or or whatever, get your like, name out there. Yeah, it's just a bit of a shame that I I think we're seeing less and less of the uh the big AAA names there. Not not that the the indies definitely didn't do their role. They they definitely killed it this year, but you know, it's just a bit of a shame. Like that, That's thats kind of me in this sort of snapshot, I guess. Same no, with the panels. I, I had the same, same idea behind the panels. Again, if there was more of that presence there, that would then reflect in the panels, which means that there'd be more fun stuff and more interesting things
0: to do. Absolutely. Um, so I guess that kind of wraps the whole thing up. For me, the I mean, playing some of those games was awesome, but for me, some of my favourite memories of the whole thing, which is what I got to do with some of the Player 2 folk. Um, since we're all you kind of scattered, right. scattered around Australia. It was good to see a whole bunch of them, and New Zealand. Um, it was good to see a few of them travelling over to Melbourne and joining us for a few days for some drinks and games and just Agreed. other stupidity. So that was kind of my highlight of the whole thing. Yeah, that, um, that, was, that was good fun. But otherwise, I think that kind of wraps it all up so... Please make sure to like, share, and subscribe to the channel. Um, you got all the buttons down below, so please make sure you're hitting each and every one of them. Uh, throw some comments maybe down below also. Let us know what some of your highlights were from uh, packs, what games you played, what panels you know, attended, all that sort of stuff. Let us know how shit-hot Dragon Ball FighterZ is.
1: Yeah, on a scale of 1 to 10. On a scale of Why 10 to 10. it's an 11. Yeah, that's
0: right. Um, you get it. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm learning. Uh, so also make sure to visit the website player2.net today you, where you can catch up with all the awesome written content there's the, the hub still from PAX that's present, it's still being updated even as of today um, there's, as of, and I mean the day we're recording, but obviously it'll be updated even when this episode goes up as well uh, there's still heaps and heaps and heaps of stuff going out, I can't think of any publication in Australia that did more coverage, or around the world actually that did more coverage of some of the stuff that was shown at uh, PAX Oz. The team did a fantastic job, so please make sure to go check some of that stuff out. Um, Jay, you don't do Twitter. No, but I, I don't. But
1: I checked my email for the first time in four weeks today.
0: How many emails were there?
1: Oh, I've got like 8,800 emails that are unread. Um, not just from the last couple of months, I'm just really bad with emails. I'm, I'm really bad with internetting, everybody. Yeah, fair enough. I, um, I am... I am either playing video games or watching YouTube, and that's the extent of my internetting.
0: No, that's fair enough too. Uh, Myself, you can find me at PaulJamesP2 on Twitter, the website Player2AU on Twitter. Um, I would encourage you to, again, visit the site. uh, On top of all the features and stuff for PAX, I personally had a review go up for Horizon Zero Dawn's The Frozen Wilds DLC on Tuesday. I hit the embargo for that, so please make sure to go check that out. Uh, and there's a whole bunch more, obviously, on the way as well because this is the busiest time of the year. Um, until next time, thank you very much for watching. We'll see you later.
1: Watching slash listening?
0: Yes, both. See you later.
1: <laughs> see you later.